excited. If you would stand up, I want to encourage you uh, this morning as uh, we get into worship. There's a lot of stuff going on outside. There's a lot of different stuff in the in the news and politics and blah 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 whatever. This morning, set aside this time to focus on the one true God who we can come here to praise, to worship. Everything else will be waiting on us when we leave, I promise you. But let's take this morning to give him glory and give him praise who is greater, who is greater than anything that we face, anything we come against, anything that's going on. He's not surprised. He's not shocked. He knows exactly not only what's going on in the grand scheme, but what's going on in your life and in your heart. Let's give glory. Let's give praise to God who who can focus just on us. He sees you where you're at. Amen?
thank you that we can come before you and worship Lord I thank you Lord that you've given us that privilege Lord I thank you Lord for the relationship we have Lord that we can walk with you every day that in you there's victory over everything we don't have to fear what's next. We don't have to fear tomorrow. But Lord, that uh, we can put our trust in you, Lord. 
thank you, Lord, that I can, I can cast my cares on you because you care for me. And I thank you that there's nothing I could do to make you love me anymore. And there's nothing I could do to ever disappoint you to make you love me any less.
circumstance of life and use it for our good to form us more into the image of your son. God, as we live each day in the hope that we move towards you and in eternity with you, God, what an amazing hope we have. What an amazing God you are. We love you. We worship you together today in your house and wherever we are. Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. It's okay to clap for the Lord. Absolutely. Absolutely. You can have a seat. Thank you guys so much for being here to worship with us today. We are excited that you're here. If you're joining us online, thank you for doing that. I've gotten to chat with a bunch of you online already, and it's always uh, a great blessing for me to connect with you guys over Facebook and here on Sunday mornings. Just thank you for being here to worship with us and worship our great God. just want to continue to encourage you to look to Him in the middle of this time. There's lots of uncertainty. It changes from day to day. It's like that for my family, too. But our God is constant. His love is faithful. It never changes. And He is our source of hope and strength. So thankful for that. 
want to thank you guys, too, for continuing to worship, for continuing to give and enable us to support the ministry that continues in our community uh, and just be part of what's going on. I had a great opportunity to worship with some new friends on Wednesday night this week at uh, Evangelist Temple and just meet uh, with another group and another house of prayer and praise and just amazed to see what God continues to do in our town. So thank you for being part of that and being part of our church family as we worship the Lord together. Let's continue to worship. We'll uh, actually enjoy a video from the Broadways this morning. What's up guys? So excited to see you here. Whether you're online or in person, we're super excited. We have just a couple of announcements. First one, Prayer for Students is coming back soon. So we're gearing up for that and we want you guys to be ready. So if you have a student that you've been praying for that's graduating, be prepared because you can get a new one and start praying for that one. And it's just an awesome opportunity to pray for all of our high school students. So we're super excited for that to come up. Um, speaking of back to school, every year in August we do an awesome um, Bless the Teachers. And this year we're coming up with something new for the new, new that we're going to be walking into this year. So. Um, we're just super excited. We love our teachers. They are such a blessing. So right now, just remember, be praying for our teachers, our administration, parents, everyone who's having to make crazy decisions right now. Let's just go into this new new school year strong and ready. Pray it in. I think awesome. That's it. I think that's it. We'll see you guys later. Bye. Oh, bird. Oh, bird. <laughs> Don't hit that tree. Here we go. Hey, how about that? Awesome, guys, man. I am uh, I am super excited to be here this morning. We're going to be starting up a new series, and and uh, already we're having uh, a bunch of technical difficulties. I know Beth is super excited. Normally, I control my own pro presenter, the the, the uh, presentation behind, but it's not working. So they're going to be controlling in the back, and and uh, and now the microphone. So there we go. Um, but guys, man, look, this is this is. All right. Um, excited to have everybody here this morning. If you're tuning in online already, guys, excited to have you. Glad that you're joining with us in worship and fellowship. We, we wrapped up our series last week called Choosing Fruit, and uh, we were asking God for eyes to see. I think so often in our lives what happens is God is with us. I mean, the word tells us, I will never leave you, I will never forsake you. That's Jesus giving his promise to us. He'll never leave us, never forsake us. And yet sometimes along the way, we just don't see him. Kind of like we talked about last week, there can be, uh, there's two disciples walking along and Jesus appears after the resurrection, appears and walks along the road with them and yet they never even recognized that Jesus was right there. So often in our lives, we just don't have the eyes to see because we get distracted. We get distracted by the storms of life, by what's happening around us, by, by the economy, by, by the, the political this or that, or, or by COVID, or all these different things that come in and distract us from keeping our eyes, our focus on Jesus. And so to that, what I wanted to do is I wanted to expound on that eyes to see that we talked about last week with a new series that we're calling Recognize. Recognize. Because I think that's what we need to do is recognize Jesus in every situation. Recognize that he is with us all the time. Because life can become mundane. It can become monotonous. And we lose sight of God and we lose sight of the fact that he's working in us and he's working through us daily. Um, and, and, and with that, guys, what we need to as well understand is God is working not just in the good, but God is working in the tragic. God is working in the good. God is even working in the mundane. 
every aspect of life, God is working and will use for his glory, for his purpose in your life. If you trust him, if you keep your eyes on him, if you recognize Jesus in the situation. Uh, now, one thing about, about God that, uh, that's amazing to me is that he knows, we all know, he knows the beginning from the end. He knows the end before it's even happened. He knows the whole picture, and yet, and yet he, he only ends up kind of giving us little bits and pieces all the time. He, he doesn't give us all the details. Uh, but the truth is, I don't think that we could handle the details. Jesus himself was the only one who walked on earth knowing the full details. And even he himself at the very end said, Lord, if there's any way, take this cup from me. Like, take this away from me. I don't want to have to do this. But nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. So Jesus knew the details, and even Jesus was sitting there going, do I really have to? So how much more so if we knew the details, if I knew what it would take for me to be standing here today, would I have gone through it 20 years ago? I don't know that I would have. I mean, look, I pray you hear my heart. Um, because there's been a ton of pain. There's been a ton of hurt along the way. Would I have endured it? I, I don't know if I would have known it was coming. Am I glad I did? Absolutely. I, I mean, this is the best place. This is God's point in my life where I need to be. But, but would I be here today if God had sat there and laid out all the details? I would have looked at some of it and gone, God, I, I can't handle that. I don't know that I can do that. God, I don't think that I'm going to make it through this. Or, or God, you know what, maybe I like this other stop better than this stop that you've planned. God, I think, I'm gonna, I think we need to add this waypoint on this, on this route, God. We, we, start, we start trying to change the rules. Today what I want to do is I want to look at, do you recognize God? Do you recognize God? Do you recognize Jesus working in your life day in and out? And I want to look at how God directs our lives one step at a time, one move at a time. I'm calling today's message, This Step. This Step is, is uh, today's title, and what we're going to do is we're going to look at the story of, of Paul the Apostle. We know Paul, but we're going to look at the story of his conversion. Now, Paul, we know him because he wrote, man, he wrote close to half of the New Testament. Uh, an amazing apostle of God. We tell stories of him. We read half the New Testament is written by Paul. Uh, all of these things, but Paul... Uh, it was after that he, after he was converted that God changed his name. Jesus changed his name from Saul to Paul. So before he was Paul, his name was Saul. And I want to give you just a little bit of information about Saul. Saul was, uh, he was a Jew by birth, and, and he described himself as a Hebrew of Hebrews. To, to expound on that, uh, basically, he was, Saul was, was the best of the best. Uh, we complain about having to memorize this or that or, you know, having to memorize John 3.16. But, but by the age of 13, he would have already have memorized Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. By the age of 13. He was actually trained, brought up by one of, he studied divinity, Jewish law, if you will, uh, under one of the best rabbis of the day. One of the best rabbis who... That rabbi's father and his grandfather were also the best in their time. I mean, this guy was well-known, well-to-do, and Saul studied and trained under him. Knew everything. He was educated completely by the elite. He was also a member of the Pharisees. Now, now Pharisees, normal, normal uh, the, the culture at the time, they followed the, the Ten Commandments. And so there was ten laws that you couldn't break, but, but Pharisees had 613 laws that they would keep. So on top of the 10, 613 laws, and Saul, later in his life when he was Paul, he actually said this. He said, when it came to the law, I was flawless. 613 laws. Look, some of you can't keep 10. I mean, let's be real. But here was Saul, 613 uh, rules, and, and he kept them flawlessly, he says. He was the best of the best, very moral according to the law. But... At the same time, even while he was the best of the best, he was also the worst of the worst. He hated, 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 despised Christianity. So much so, we, we, uh, I think a, a lot of people have heard the story of Stephen. Stephen was this young man who was on fire for God and, and ended up, these people came out and stoned Stephen to death. And as Stephen was getting stoned to death, he looked up and said, Behold, I see the Lord seated at the right, or standing at the right hand of the throne of God. And so all of a sudden there was just this amazement. Stephen's a, a phenomenal character to read into. But Stephen's stoning was orchestrated by Saul. 
It was Saul that brought it all together. It was Saul who then also held all the coats for everybody so that they could stone Stephen to death. That's who Saul was. That was his life. Causing Christians to flee, he nearly, he, he, under his leadership, he broke up the Christian church in Jerusalem. Because they were scared. They were afraid. The people were, were so afraid because he was coming in with authority to capture, to torture, and to kill. Uh, I want to pick up today in Acts chapter 9. Acts chapter 9, and I'm going to be reading in verse 1. It says this, Meanwhile, Saul was still breathing out murderous threats against the Lord's disciples. He went to the high priest and he asked, for, he asked the high priest for letters to the synagogues in Damascus so that if he found any there who belonged to the way, whether man or woman, he might take them as prisoners to Jerusalem. Now, in this particular time, disciples of Jesus were called um, members of or, or people who belong to the way. We, we understand that. We recognize that because, well, Jesus had the sermon, I am, oh, look at you guys. I am the way, the truth, and the life. And so it was just kind of this moniker that, that was labeled on Christians. These are people who belong to the way. Jesus was the way. Uh, and Saul's saying, look, I I'm coming to you. I'm asking permission to go and to capture all of those who belong to the way, those who profess Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. I want to capture all them, breathing out murderous threats. Breathing out murderous threats. Saul was behind most of the treacherous events in the lives of Christians. Uh, the, he was, in that area, he was renowned for, for his, his hate towards Christians. And, and so, looking at somebody like this, hearing stories like this, you've got to only imagine that, that this is the least likely guy to ever become a Christian. If there's anybody who has a chance of becoming a Christian and then somebody who doesn't, well, Saul is definitely in that category. There's no way. Like, God's not going to give him a thought. I, I think there's probably people here this morning where, uh, in fact, I, <laughs> I've heard it. Uh, we'll, we'll be, pre-COVID, when, when there was numbers, somebody would be sitting here and they'd be talking to me and they'd be going, oh, my gosh, did you see that so-and-so just walked in? Never thought they'd, they'd come into church. Never thought they'd be here. We, we, we do that a lot. We, we put that on people. We, we sit there and we start saying, well, that, that person, they're, they're too far gone. They can't, they can't actually be saved. God can't do anything in their life. And we start to label people. In fact, somebody probably here today uh, listening in, tuning in online, you may even be thinking that about yourself. With what I've done, with my past, with where I've been, there's, there's no way that I can be forgiven of that mess. There's no way that I can move forward. There's no way I could become a Christian. Continuing on, uh, it, what, what I find I think is, is the cool, cool thing about Christ is uh, those who often appear the furthest are often the closest. Those who often appear the furthest sometimes are the closest. Uh, continuing on in verse 3, it says this, As Saul neared Damascus on his journey, suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him. Now in Acts chapter 6, later on, Saul, now Paul, goes on to describe this light as a light brighter than the sun. So this, this, this bright light, brighter than the sun, appears, flashes around him, it continues on. It says, Paul, Saul, excuse me, fell to the ground, heard a voice say to him, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Who are you, Lord? Saul asked. I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting, he replied. Everything changed in a moment. In a flash of a light, in this, in this one singular moment, everything changed for Saul. Saul was walking along, and then all of a sudden, boom, he was, he was threatening murderous threats. He, he's sitting there just spewing this stuff out, and then the very next second, he's, yes, Lord? There's an understanding in what, in what happened. All of a sudden, he recognized something different than where he was at. Everything changed. God got his attention. And, and the beauty of it is, guys, and we've talked about this in, in another series we've done, but God always initiates salvation. God always initiates salvation. God wants the best for your life. God is looking out for you. God makes the first move. Now, it, it may not be as dramatic. You may not see your own sun, you know, shining bright in your face, or, or you may not hear an audible voice, but, but I promise you, God makes the first move. Others will say in your life, oh, well, that was a coincidence, but you'll know, you'll recognize, you'll start to see, you go, no, no, man, that was, 
That was God. God was working in something even way back then. But Romans 5.8 says that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. He made the first move pursuing you even when you didn't care to know. God always makes the first move. He initiates it. You may be listening, and and most people would say, uh, there's no way that God would get to them. But I believe in a moment, in a single moment, that your life can be totally changed. Saul was walking along. God reveals himself through Christ in this flash of light. And now we start to see part of what it takes to recognize God in every area of your life. Continuing on, Jesus says in in, uh, verse 6, or the Lord says to to Saul, now get up and go into the city and you will be told what you must do. Get up, go to the city and you'll be told what you must do. Uh, Basically, the Lord says, here's what you're going to do. And he tells him you're going to take this step. This next step, that's all he gives him. I want you to be obedient to this step. You have to be obedient to what he's calling you to do. Scripture says that uh, the word of God is a lamp unto our feet, a light unto our paths. Right? This isn't, this isn't the middle of the day. There's, there's darkness all around. Scripture talks about in this life you will have trouble, yes, but do not fear it. He has overcome it. So in resting, in in being assured, having the faith to walk in what he says, we also have to understand his word is a lamp unto our feet. It doesn't necessarily give us every description from here on out. Yes, he has a future, a hope, a plan to prosper you. Yes, he does. But he doesn't sit there and lay it all out because, again, as we look at it, would, would you sit there and say, God, I don't think I can do this. I don't think I can make it through that. I, I don't. Maybe we should go this way, God. Hey, what do you think about this? Ooh, have you, have you ever considered maybe, right? But God doesn't give all the details. What he does give is this next step, this step. And he wants you to be obedient to that. He shows you the next step. You take this step. He illuminates the next step. You're obedient to this step, one step at a time. Get up, go to the city, and I will show you what to do. Uh, in my own life, um, what, what I've seen is that whenever God seems silent, and, and there's been numerous times, I mean, it's, I, I still remember even in Bible college, um, I mean, here I am, I'm a young Bible college student, right? God should, you know, I should be walking around and people falling out in glory or something, I don't know. But I, I, never, I couldn't feel God. Cried out to him in the, middle of, in the middle of the woods of Louisiana, back in, I mean, just the bayou swamp nasty. I'm, I'm back there crying out, and I know the only thing that heard me was, was the alligators that were coming to try and find out who was this maniac. But there I was crying out to God saying, God, uh, why don't you hear me? Why aren't you here? Why aren't you listening? But, but every time as I look back on all these different situations where it felt like God was silent or it felt like that God wasn't there in that moment, most of the time, each and every one of those instances where, is where I have been either most lenient or, or, or even straight disobedient to what God has asked me to do. It's almost as if God is saying, now, hold on a second. I, I told you what to do, and you haven't done it. Well, why am I going to tell you something new? When you haven't been obedient with this, why would I, why would I then give you something else? It's, it's like he's waiting for us just to, to be able to have the faith to continue to trust him with this step. There may be some here today thinking, man, why won't God show me what's next? Well, man, there's a possibility. There's a possibility that God showed you something a while back and you still haven't done it yet. Man, I I think that's a a great self-reflection in our lives. A great self-reflection. God, God, again, it may not have been this audible voice, but, but you felt impressed. You felt a check within your spirit. God telling you to do something. Maybe it was to forgive somebody or, or something. And in your mind, as soon as you heard it, you're like, man, I can't do that. You, you don't know what they did to me. You don't know what happened. You don't know this situation. You don't know how it affected me. All these different excuses we have, and, and we come with all our reasons, and we say, God, I can't do that. What's next? And God all the while is saying, what about this step? What about this step? God leads you one step at a time. And he may may very well just be waiting for you to do the last thing he showed you before he shows you what's next. We must, we must recognize him in everything. Get up, 
Go to the city, I'll show you what's to happen. Continuing on in verse 7, it says this, The men traveling with Saul stood there speechless. They heard the sound, but they didn't see anyone. Just like last week with the disciples that were walking with Jesus, God was there, but they didn't have eyes to see. They didn't recognize the voice of God. It continues on, it says, Saul got up from the ground, but when he opened his eyes, he could see nothing. Physically, he could not see. So they, laid him by, uh, they led him by the hand into Damascus, and for three days he was blind and did not eat or drink anything. He could not see physically. Now, just seconds before, the moment before, he could. He could see one moment, the very next moment he was blind. But at the same time, what we realize, what we look at in this passage is, yes, physically he was able to see, and then a moment later he was blind, but... But just the opposite, spiritually, before, he was blind spiritually, couldn't hear the voice of God. And now in a single moment, in a single change, now spiritually, his eyes, he can see better than he's ever seen before. In one moment, one realization of Jesus in his life, one recognition, and now his life has changed. He can see spiritually better than he had before, just seconds before, breathing out murderous threats. And now it's... Yes, Lord, obedience, faith. (laughs) It was because of this, I I truly believe, years later, Paul would go on to write the, the famous words, we walk by faith, not by sight. We walk by faith, not by sight, because because Saul had lived his life by sight and was blind the whole way. It wasn't until he was blind physically, when his eyes were opened, when he was given eyes to see, when he recognized Jesus pursuing him, it was in that moment that now he knew, he realized he could stand in faith, walk in faith, not sight. He recognized the light. He could see better than he's ever seen before, spiritually. And and then, continuing on in in verse 10, God ends up speaking to a guy by the name of Ananias. And and what I love about this portion portion of the scripture, the realization that that while I may not understand or, or I may not see God in my situation, I may not recognize him in the storms, maybe it's, maybe it's the, the boat is crashing and you can't find Jesus anywhere, or, or maybe the boat is, you're in the middle of the storm and Jesus, it seems just a, asleep on the front, or whatever the situation, wherever it is that you are, God is, God is working in things. I have to realize that I don't see the whole picture. God is working in all things for the good of those who, who pursue him. So at the same time he's working in my life, at the same time he's doing something in my life, and I don't understand it, God is as well doing something in somebody else's life that very well could be the missing puzzle piece in my life. God is working in all things. Do you recognize it? Do you see it? Picking up in verse 10, it says, In Damascus there was a disciple named Ananias. The Lord called to him in a vision. Ananias. Yes, Lord, he answers. Now, Look at this, guys. To, to, to me, again, I, I kind of, I, I read into things a little bit, but as I read into this, this implies a couple things to me. The very first thing that it implies is that Ananias had heard the voice of God before. Be honest. You're sitting around, you're at the house, you know, you're watching sports or, or sitting there reading through the paper, flipping through your phone, whatever's going on, and all of a sudden you hear the voice of the Lord. Hello. Is your first response, yes, Lord, or is it, who's there, what's going on, honey, come in here, did you hear that? I I mean, everything else but that. So obviously, to me, as I read this, Ananias is familiar with the voice of the Lord. He's heard the voice of the Lord, but more so than that, more so than that, you also hear him saying, basically, there's just this confidence of, of, I've done what you've asked me to do. I've, I've finished that step. What's my new step? What's next, Lord? What is this step? What do you have for me left? What's next, God? Continuing on in, in verse 11, the Lord speaks to Ananias and says, Go to the house of Judas on Straight Street and ask for a man from Tarsus named Saul, for he is praying. Uh, Lord, Ananias answered, 
I heard many reports about this man and all the harm that he has done to your saints in Jerusalem. And, and we know that he's come here with the authority from the chief priests to arrest all who call on your name. Ananias, again, Ananias is a disciple of the way. The very people that Saul is looking to murder. Word is out, the man who was responsible for more deaths of Christians at the time was on his way to Damascus with legal papers from the religious government of the time governing, uh, allowing him to kill anyone who belonged to the way, anyone who, belo- who was a follower of Christ. So God's asking Saul, or excuse me, God's asking Ananias to do something that doesn't make sense. God is telling Ananias, the very man who's come to kill you, I want you to go talk to him. There might be a little bit of a, well, um, can, we, can we talk this out? Can we maybe deviate? Can I find a, a side street, maybe another waypoint along this route that we can, maybe I write a pretty note to him and tell him how much Jesus loves him, and then we're good. But the Lord said to him, no. Continuing on in, in verse 15, but the Lord said to Ananias, go, this man, Saul, is my chosen instrument to carry my name before the Gentiles and their kings and before the people of Israel. Look, obedience requires the hard decision. God, I truly believe that God is leading some of you to do something, and and it may not make sense. It doesn't make sense, but God is leading you to do something. It's going to be difficult, but but he's going to lead you step by step. You're not going to have all the details going out, but he will lead you. He will guide you step by step. It may be painful, but we do it. It may seem insignificant, but we do it. Why? Because we obey what he calls us to do with this step. As I, as I begin to close this morning, as the band comes up to play, um, I, I want to relook at this, this last verse, verse 15. But the Lord said to Ananias, Go, this man Saul is my chosen instrument to carry my name. My chosen instrument to carry my name. Now, <laughs> Look, right off the bat, uh, this is the guy who's been murdering Christians, and this is God's chosen instrument? It doesn't make sense. But look, God often chooses those that others overlook. God often chooses those who we tend to overlook. I'm going to say this. I I truly believe that God is going to speak to some of you. Hey, Will, can can we play on that first song for me? Look, I truly feel that God wants to talk to some of you today. He's he's chosen to use you. Scripture tells us for, for those that are followers of Christ that he has a purpose and a plan for your life. God has chosen you. From before time began, God chose you. And while others may look at you and others may say, I, I don't think you're good enough, or, or, or you don't know enough, you, you can't step into this, you can't do this, or, or maybe you just feel insecure, you feel inadequate, or, or because of the storms, you just, you don't think you can make it. You see, most people, most people think that God calls the prepared. We do. We have this tendency to, to, to ele- elevate status and knowledge, and, and we think that God calls the prepared, but, but the truth of the matter is that God is preparing those he's called. That's you. That's me. God is constantly preparing those whom he's already called. He's not looking for the, the superstar so much as he's looking for the one who's willing to say, yes, Lord. I'm ready. I've I've finished this step. What's next? Patience, obedience. I think a lot of times we want to be we want to be the Paul. We want to have half the New Testament, you know, be be our own writings. We want to we want to know that we've done these miraculous miracles, that we've done all these great things, but the the truth is, man, we we should be striving to be the Ananias. To be the Ananias. Greg Smith has a uh, a, a lesson, a Sunday school lesson where he talks about this, it's, it's brilliant recognizing how it's so many times in life we, we do we play up that superstar status and all the while is it, is it any more important than, than the Ananias now, now look, Saul, it took a blinding light for Paul or Saul to see Christ 
And, and God will do that. God will do that in your life. He'll show up for you. But, but, but he wants to be in close fellowship with you. Where all he has to do is talk and you recognize his voice. Where all he has to do is speak and, and your answer is, yes, Lord, I'm ready. Yes, he'll, he'll, he will always initiate. There will be a blinding light of whatever sorts in your life. But, but more so than that, God is yearning for a relationship. For you to recognize his voice. For you to hear him. For you to have eyes to see. Some of you, you may not see yourself as one that could make a difference. But God is saying today, look, you, you are chosen. There are some of you that are, are not walking with Christ right now, but, but I'm telling you, God wants to reveal himself to you. He wants to use you for his kingdom, for his glory. There may be others here this morning. And, and you used to walk closely with Christ. And you, you may have even, you, you sensed his promptings. You, you heard that nudging when, when you, you just felt like God was there. You walked by faith and not by sight. When God said, do this or do that, you, you did it. You understood and you heard him. But somewhere along the way, man, you started to, you stopped. The voice grew faint. You didn't recognize or see God as much anymore. God's word used to guide you step by step, but, but now the light is dim. Listen to this in verses 17 and 18. I believe these verses are for you. It says this, then Ananias went to the house and entered it. Placing his hands on Saul, he said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on the road as you were coming here, has sent me so that you may see again and be filled with the Holy Spirit. And immediately, immediately something like scales fell from Saul's eyes and he could see again. Many are here this morning. You're here today. You're tuning in online. You're listening in. And the reason you're hearing this is so that you can see again so that you can see again. I believe beyond a shadow of a doubt, I believe by faith that the scales can fall from your eyes in a moment, in an instance. And all of a sudden, you'll be able to see spiritually like you've never seen before. But you have to recognize, you have to be obedient to God in this step. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord, lead me. Whatever you say, guide me. Even when it doesn't make sense, I'm walking by faith, not by sight. I'm following your voice. I'm going to follow your lead. I'm going to follow your direction, God. All the while, God working this step in someone else, somewhere else. <laughs> and that's where we say, God, look, I, I don't see how all this is coming together, but I'm willing to trust you. I'm willing to be obedient with this step, with this step. Guys, as I, as I close this morning, would you stand with me as I pray? There may be some here, and, and guys, you, you maybe you used to see, but today you don't feel like you see as clearly. And, and I want to tell you right now, I believe that it's time for you to see again, for the scales to fall from your eyes, for, for spiritual revelation to be just completely immersed upon you, where you recognize Jesus with you always and forever. It's time for you to see. God wants to give you eyes to see. And I pray that your response this morning, I pray that your response this morning is, yes, Lord, I'm ready. Heavenly Father, we come before you, Lord God, and we ask that you would, that you, Father, that we would follow you clearly, that we would see you, that we would look to you, that, Lord God, that we would see the light, Father, but then, that then more so than that, that we would learn to hear your voice, Father that we would follow your promptings this step, Lord God, that, that we would become current on whatever it is that, that we have to do, Lord God, and, and be patient in faith waiting for this next step, even when it doesn't make sense. And I pray, God, that we would have the courage to walk by faith, not by sight, that we would have the revelation like Saul did, Lord God, that, that what we see in the flesh, Lord God, pales in comparison to what we know that you can do the faith to follow your voice. And God, I pray, Lord, that we would have eyes to see, more so than just physically, Lord God, but that we would see spiritually. As I continue to pray and pray this morning, man, I, I feel that there's, there's people that you, you may recognize God has been pursuing you because that's what he does. That's who he is. He, he initiates. He wants to make that connection. He wants to restore relationship with you. He's wanting to reveal himself to you. That's what he did in the person of Jesus Christ. Jesus became one.
one of us and his son lived a, a, a perfect life, showed us his love, his grace, his mercy, and then died upon the cross to then show us his power. The power for the forgiveness of sins. He rose again. And as you look at your life, you, you, you may say, I can see how God has been reaching out to me. I thought it was a coincidence. I thought that, that it was just happenstance. But now I recognize, guys, I'm here to tell you, God doesn't want just part of you. He doesn't want just a, a quick church decision for you. He doesn't just want Sunday mornings. He, he doesn't want you to check a little box on the car and then just go about your life continuing as it was. He wants all of you, guys. He wants all of you. And I believe that in a moment, in a single instant, everything can change. Uh, addicted to drugs, man, you can be set free instantly. Full of hate. Your heart can be changed forever. Your sins can be forgiven instantly. Instantly you can be filled with the Spirit, the power of God in your life. Instantly, just like Saul met Christ, like, like I met Christ, you can meet Him, you can be changed. He's pursuing you. And all He wants is, is your faith to recognize Him in this step. Recognize Him in this step. Don't worry about tomorrow's step. This step. And this step for you this morning may be as simple as believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. Not a part-time belief, but a yes, Lord, I'm ready. If that's you, if you're here this morning and you feel like, man, I need to make that decision. I need to follow Christ. I need to recognize him in my life. He's been pursuing me and I want to take that step, guys. If that's you this morning, there's people that we have, we have some of our, our staff online. If you're online tuning in, guys, please feel free to, to write a comment below. One of our staff members are going to be reaching out to you and to, to walk you through this as well. But if you're here this morning and that's your prayer, man, I, I, I want to pray with you. It really is just as simple as saying, God, I, I believe in you. I believe in your son. If you'll all bow your heads with me and just repeat with me, say, Heavenly Father, my answer is yes. Yes, save me, God. Yes, forgive me, God. Yes, make me new. Yes, give me life. Give me something new, Lord God. I believe in your son. I believe that you died for me so that I could live for you. Fill me with your spirit. My life is not my own. It belongs to you. Guide me, lead me through this step, Lord Jesus. Teach me to walk by faith and not by sight. I am yours. I thank you for new life. In the name of your son, I pray. Amen. Amen. Guys, for those of you that prayed that prayer, don't, don't, don't leave here today without talking to myself or one of the other staff members. We have people lined up in the back. We'd love to share with you a little bit more. But guys, remember, God is with you always. Recognize Him, follow Him, be obedient to Him in this step. God bless you all, guys. Y'all have a wonderful, wonderful week. I'm going to see in the middle of the